Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Well, good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening to everyone out there. It is the Become Fire podcast, and it is your today's host, Father Anthony Tinker. Uh, Brother Elisha is not with us today. Womp, womp. Sad tear. I'll just, just a little tear down the <laughs> so uh, Have you seen The Truman Show? That was a long time ago. So your intro reminded me of The Truman Show, where he would be like, in case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> so. There we go, my best Jim Carrey That's coming right, out. Yeah. Um, so Brother Elijah is not here because we were at uh, in Flagstaff yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so uh, thank you for all your prayers for our, us, our community, our vocations, our ministry. But we got invited by Father Matt Lowry, a wonderful priest here in the Diocese of Phoenix, Great who priest. is the uh, chaplain of the Newman Center up in Flagstaff, which is at Northern Arizona University. And they had their Newman night and invited us to go up. So I took the postulants, Joseph and Daniel and Brother Elijah, and we did a Newman night. Which was wonderful, but Flagstaff is two and a half hours away, <laughs> and it was a 7 p.m. Uh, talk. So 6 o'clock dinner, 7 o'clock talk, and then we prayed for kids for a couple hours afterwards. So I talked about uh, healing from sexual woundedness, which oh, is wow, so beautiful. prevalent in our, our, our yeah. college culture, unfortunately. Yeah. And it opened up a lot of stuff, so it was really beautiful, really good time. Yeah. My brother Elijah was just a little bit tuckered this morning. You know, he's been working hard. Yeah, we've been pushing him. Yeah, as my mother would say, he's been burning the candle at both ends. He has been. So he had needed to go to Mass. Um, because he was not up this morning for mass. Um, you know, they, they, there's the joys of, of there's. I mean, the joys of the priesthood outweigh it, but there are these certain joys to like yes. the seminary in life that you don't have the obligation that you have to get up in yes. these terrible situations yeah. when you've been up till twelve thirty. Yes. Uh, anyway, I have. I am digressing from. It's <laughs> <laughs> nice a window in the. It's life, those, these, a little, little yeah. window into our life. The introduction. I'm trying to do my best, like word on fire thing. Uh, when you know they they always like Bishop Aaron, what'd you do last week? We're you know. not nearly as interesting as Bishop Barron, but... Uh, no, our lives do not... Yeah. We go to Flagstaff, not Europe. But yeah. um, with that being said, we are in Advent. So I hope that um, your Christmas tree is set up. Father Teresa, Peter Teresa, what do you think about the decoration of our house? So our house just is just filled with, with warm feelings, with just the warm glow of Christmas lights. And the uh, just the lo- lots of garlands and wreaths. Our our Advent wreath is up, um, so we're we're in the chapel and our, on our dining room table. We're we're ready for that. We're in full swing. But but the house looks great. I think the brothers outdid themselves this year. Uh, we set up for our, our Christmas decorations when the guys got back from their Thanksgiving visit, and so uh, it just it just makes you wanna it makes you wanna be a contemplative with all the the soft glowing lights and and the the chill in the air. It really is the most wonderful time of the it year. It really is the most wonderful um, well, time. Well, it's the time where, and we talked about this last year, it's the time where everybody, like, is Christian. Yes. And like, they sing Christian songs yes. of our Savior. They, yeah. they recognize the birth of our Lord. It's this beautiful time where Jesus really is the center, is the reason for the season. Um, and I agree. I love uh, Christmas decorations. So hopefully you've decorated your houses. Hopefully, and more importantly, you have your Advent wreath up in your home and that you're working with your children or your spouse to light one of those candles every day and say mm-hmm. some prayers and remember that Jesus is the light of the world and we're leading up to that great celebration of Christmas Amen. in four weeks. Amen. And talking about that, we are preparing and we're doing this series this year about people we can imitate yeah. in preparing for the coming of the Lord. Yeah. Last week, if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend listening to our talk on Simeon and Anna yeah. and, and how um, the beautiful examples they are for us, how to prepare to receive mm. the Lord. This That's man right. who had been prophesied uh, that he would see the Messiah. 
mm-hmm. before he died. And then Anna, this great prophetess, who was just waiting for the coming of the Lord day in and day out. Yeah. Well, the next, who is a, 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 very involved in our Christmas season, because mm-hmm. he's the beginning of the gospel, in a sense. Both, yeah. uh, He's mentioned early in all of the gospels, in, in our, our infancy narratives. Um, he is in, one of those guys you meet in all four gospels. Yeah. You don't, it's not, it's not, not every day that happens, but. But he's, and our church is named after him. So we have Amen a special devotion, that. a relic yes. of him, John the Baptist. So St. John the Baptist, the last of the Old Testament prophets yes. is how we would look at him in the church. The forerunner. The forerunner. Um, the no man born of woman greater than he, um, but the least of the kingdom of God is greater than he. So if you can figure that one out, you just <laughs> let me know. <laughs> but. We were talking about St. John the Baptist, and uh, just Father Peter Teresa, initially, I'd like to hear your thoughts on why, just overall, kind of big picture, is he one of the people that we're choosing as a good example for us to meditate on his life to prepare us for Christmas? Well, he had just uh, a very important, very unique, very privileged role in, in God's plan for salvation, uh, where where he was the the man chosen to to help God's people to prepare for the coming of the Lord, uh, and that he was actually the one who then really points him out in a public way. Um, I guess you have the, you have the angels uh, who who tell the shepherds about him, uh, and you have Simeon and Anna who 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 encounter him, but but there's not really a public revelation of the Messiah. Um, until John the Baptist is is out in the desert, out in the wilderness, preaching um, a baptism of repentance to to prepare the people for coming, and then and then when the Lord shows up on the banks of His river, uh, he he points him out for all to behold the Lamb of God, and so he's this great figure to to prepare the way in the coming of the Lord. And, and we see that in all the Gospels, but I want to first go to our infancy narrative. Mm -hmm. as we talk about him, because even before he begins his prophetic ministry, he has this forerunner role even in the womb. Um, Yes, yes. So in the story of Luke is, uh, and Luke starts actually with the the conception of, or preconception of John the Baptist, the foretelling of his conception. Yes. And Zechariah's in the temple, and sees the angel Gabriel, and he's told, hey, you're going to give birth, even though your wife's been barren. Um, And he has, you're going to have a son, name him John. And, and so Elizabeth gets pregnant, and, and then the angel Gabriel appears to Mary, mm-hmm. and Mary hears about this, her cousin who's six months present, pregnant who was barren. Yeah. And so she travels, goes down to the visitation, this to the beautiful hill scene, goes to the hill country and sees Elizabeth. And, and she goes to Elizabeth, and in her womb is the newly conceived Savior of the world, the yeah. Messiah, yeah. and in the womb of Elizabeth is the six-month old John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. So one, just to, to give us perspective, they're very close in age. Mm-hmm. So John the yes. Baptist is six months older than Jesus mm-hmm. and they're cousins. Um, and so Mary shows up and uh, the, Elizabeth sees her. And when she gives her greeting, shalom, peace, yes. the, the babe in the womb, John the Baptist leaps for joy. And Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and so even at the beginning, it's the forerunner, it's John the Baptist recognizing the presence of Christ, even in the womb. Mm. That, that uh, one just talks about the beauty of God working even in the womb of your child. Yeah. So total tangent, but this is important for our pregnant mothers out there. Yes. Pregnant, like the ch- your children are affected by what's going on around them while in the womb. And they've, they've decided about this, like if there's trauma in your house yeah. and the baby's still in the womb, they can be affected by that. 
So listen to good class Gregorian chant music, some good <laughs> classical music. Speak to your child. Big Crosby, Harry Belafonte. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good Christmas music. You know, speak, <laughs> talk to your child. It's a, yep. it's a life. It is yeah. a life with a soul. Yeah. And and John the Baptist, even in the womb, recognizes the presence of Christ. Um, so for us, that's just that first example of him who recognizes the Messiah, who recognizes God presence, even from the moment when he's in the womb, which yeah. is a great example to us about our need to recognize the Christ in the midst. Yeah. I wonder. This is this is this is the first pondering I've ever had. But I wonder if like, I wonder if Elizabeth recognized that that you know this kick that she felt in her womb was different than other kicks, like that this was a leap for joy in her womb. I wonder if there was some sort of like experience that she had that was like, oh, this is this is not just the normal kind of um, experience of of the child kicking in the womb, but this is there's something deeper something spiritual happening here as well it certainly seems like it yeah because she tells mary like as soon as you greeted me the baby in my womb leapt for joy yeah. like something different happened yeah and then she's overcome by the holy yeah. spirit so she knows like okay something's going on uh, that's here. just so beautiful um so john the baptist he helps you to know the christ is near he helps you know the christ is come mm, um, i like that and and that's important for us in this christmas season because yeah. we need to know Again, the reason for the season, that the Christ is coming yeah. and that we're getting ready for his birth. And so we want to be spiritually sensitive like John the Baptist was. Mm. The Christ is near. The Christ is here. I want to be ready. I want to receive. Mm-hmm. We know obviously this is the case when he is baptizing. Yes. So just as fast forward, we are 30 years in the future now. And John the Baptist has already begun a ministry. He's in the wilderness. He's baptizing. And... He's preparing the way, and he recognized he's preparing the way. Um, we hear from the prophet Malachi, the last of the Old Testament prophets, not not who is actually written in the Old Testament scriptures. We would call John the Baptist again the last Old Testament prophet, but he's not yes. in the scriptures of the Old Testament. He's in the New Testament. But that Malachi foretells him. Because before the Christ comes, Elijah will come. Mm, yes. um, and John the Baptist, Jesus tells us. Not our is, brother Elijah. Not brother Elijah. Yeah, brother Elijah, would you come? <laughs> we need you here for this podcast. Um, that That Elijah will come as a forerunner to prepare the way. Yeah. John the Baptist is the the uh, has the spirit of Elijah. Can I ask you a question about that? Of course. So, um, of all the Old Testament figures and all the Old Testament prophets, why is it uh, why is it Elijah? Why 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 is the one who will come come in in the spirit and the power of Elijah? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to fast forward to the transfiguration. Okay. Because when Jesus is transfigured, there's two Old Testament figures that mm-hmm. show up: right. Moses and Elijah. Right. And uh, for the church fathers, um, Moses represented the law. So he has come, he's representing okay. the law, and Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. And then Elijah represents prof- prof- prophecy and prophets. Mm. And, and so he, G- Elijah is coming and being that representative of prophecy. Jesus Moses, the representative of the law. Jesus being you know, the fulfillment of all of that, the fulfillment of the law, the fulfillment of all the prophecies of the Old Testament. So Elijah is kind of this figure that mm. symbolizes, which is really interesting. Um, because you have these great, like Isaiah prophesies yes. all these prophetic messages right. about the Christ. Like yeah. if you want to read about the Christ, read the read the book Isaiah. They call it the the fifth gospel in some ways because there's so many the 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 virgin birth and the passion is all there in in Isaiah. Um, and and yet uh, Elijah is he, one. He's one of the first figures because he's in he's in the mm. book of Kings. Yes. Um, he's one of the first figures uh, of the prophetic figures, and uh, he's. One of the greatest, and he just for Israel has always symbolized the prophetic, all prophetic message, and so um, it's the spirit of Elijah because Elijah just symbolizes the prophetic yeah. for Israel, and John the Baptist is the prophet, he is the forerunner, which is why it is the spirit of Elijah um, that to which John the Baptist has. Yeah. So 
we have the, the spirit of Elijah upon him. And then he's baptizing in the Jordan. He's calling to repentance. Yes. And he's saying all the people are coming. You know, the, the, fair, the fair, uh, prostitutes and tax collectors coming mm-hmm. out and getting baptized. And the Pharisees and Sadducees are like, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, who is this John the Baptist? And they're, they're kind of questioning everything. And then one day, the Christ shows up, mm. his cousin. Yeah. And he sees the spirit of God come upon him. And he's like, I, I, he's, I, I don't even, I'm not even worthy to be ba- to baptize you. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, no, it has to be so because he's going to cleanse the waters of baptism. But again, this, why is John, why are we talking about John the Baptist? Yeah. Why are we talking about this forerunner? Because he recognizes the presence of, of yeah. God. He recognizes Jesus as the Christ. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's an interesting question. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it. Like, did he know from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, this is he's left in the womb. Elizabeth and Zechariah have talked about it. Yeah. Like, hey, by the way, your cousin Jesus, like, yeah, right? Yeah, like, she's the mother of the Lord. Yeah. He's the Messiah. He's coming. Um, FYI. Yeah. Um, which you'd assume as he's been told. Um, so does it just like he knows Jesus is the Messiah and he comes? Um, and then, but he just, but he's he's seen his cousin all his life. And finally, presumably, presumably, we yeah. don't know that. We just, yeah. But, but finally, for some reason. Like something's different at this moment. Yeah. Something just calls out. Yeah. Or is it like, hey, they didn't tell John the Baptist. He hasn't seen him. Yeah. Like they, he doesn't know what's going on. And all of a sudden he, he comes, he doesn't even recognize his cousin. Like he had those distant cousins cousin he'd never seen before. Sure. Shows up, he's like, whoa, this is the Messiah. Yeah. Which I don't think is as it happened, but yeah. I just want to talk about like, I think it's really interesting. It is. That all of a sudden, like John the Baptist, who you just presume knows the story about how he lived in the womb, lived in, in his mother's womb. He knows that Mary is the mother of the Lord. He knows who his cousin is. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and he goes, the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, and I would say it's because now it's time for Jesus' ministry. Yeah. Jesus is, is ready. To, is called. The Father is sending him out to go and minister the gospel. Yeah. And so he's entering into his prophetic ministry. And John the Baptist is like, okay, the time has come. Yeah. It is an interesting question whether when did John know. I, 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 would, I would be of the mind, and I think our scriptures paint, paint the picture that that there does seem to be a revelation happening in real time of Christ coming to the banks of the Jordan uh, and and John saying, Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world, that, that he recognizes the Messiah, and then we know that that Andrew goes after him. Um, and And that John had an understanding that this was his role, that his role was to prepare for the coming of the Messiah that this time in Israel's history is that they're all waiting for it. Um, they're all expecting it. There's sort of a messianic sort of kind of, it's in the air a little bit, almost like in our day and age now that there's like, people are asking the question, like, is this it? Like, is this the end of the world? <laughs> like, are we, are we living through the last age? And that's just kind of in the air right now that, that that would have been in the air as well, that like the Messiah, the Messiah is coming. Um, and so I do think that, um, I do think that there would have been that, that that John knows this that the Lord has spoken to to John that, that the Lord has revealed it to John this is to be his role to prepare for the coming of the Messiah. Um, I don't know if he know I don't think he knows it's his cousin uh, until um, until he until he sees him there on the banks and, and there's some sort of revelation there. Um, uh, that's just that's just my own reading and pious reflection on the scriptures. I don't there's nothing. Um, dogmatic about that at all but uh that's just how i sort of see see it all playing out and that's what makes sense to me especially because if john 
uh, I don't know if we want to get into this, but his relationship to to the community at Qumran and 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 if he would have spent time there and would have been raised there and would he have known Jesus and things like that. I mean, Jesus is in Egypt for for the first years of his life. We don't know how long that Christ was in Egypt. So About they two were, and a half years. Yeah. Um, so we don't. So they weren't obviously with each. I, mean, I guess they wouldn't. Um, but but anyways. Um, so we just yeah. That, that's my reading of of the scriptures. Is that that there was a revelation happening there on the banks of the Jordan, that this is the Lamb of God. Um, and then, obviously, it becomes very clear when he actually baptizes Jesus. Yes. Because the heavens open up. Yes. He sees the Spirit of God descend like a dove. Yes. And then the Father speaks out that you are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it becomes very, very obvious. Right. But what, what, what God, why well, I pointed to John the Baptist, what, what the Father revealed to everyone who was present, as the heavens open, as the Spirit descends, as he says, his voice is heard, mm-hmm. um, John the Baptist recognizes even before. Mm, like, if, yes. as soon as Jesus is coming to the water, like, I'm, I'm not even unworthy to tie your, the throngs of yeah. your sandals. Yeah. That, that he sees something as a forerunner. Yeah. And he's pointing. And obviously, he leads his own disciples to Jesus. He's always yeah. like, hey, <laughs> go to that guy. Like, he's not trying to keep his own disciples. Uh, just to kind of fast forward, there's the uh, people are wondering, well, why does he send? Two disciples to say to Jesus, like, are you the one? Yeah. Are we waiting for another? Right. And what a number of theologians would say and scholars say is, well, actually, he's just trying to tell us that he's trying to get his disciples to go to Jesus instead mm-hmm. of follow him. It's like, hey, no, 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 my time is over. Go to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they go and they see what Jesus is doing. And then they begin to recognize him as the Messiah, as John really has. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much a question of doubt, like, are you the one? But like, just go ask him. He'll tell you that he is the one. Yeah. yeah. I want you to go, because John does it. He's like, I want you to go ask the yeah. I'm not just going to tell you. Yeah. So what the Lord does is not like, hey, I'm yeah. just going to give you all the answers. It's like, but, I'm going to go give you the question to ask. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's Pope Benedict when he was Cardinal Ratzinger, I think in his book, Introduction to Christianity, he has a beautiful reflection on that actual passage where, where everyone has to ask that question for themselves. Everyone has to come to Christ and say, are you the one? Um, are you the one I've been waiting for? Are you the one who's going to set me free? Are you the one who's going to save me? Are you the one who's going to deliver me? Um, and so, and so, John is 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 a friend to us in this season of Advent um, as we approach Christ. That um, with all of our hopes and all of our longings and all of our desires to come, and says like, "Are you really the one, Lord?" <laughs> because sometimes it seems like you're not, um, and we can ask this question again and again and again: "Are you the one?" And, and then we wait for the Lord to respond in the affirmative because he is the one. Um, and I think in this day and age, that's such an important question. Mm. Especially, again, we're, just, we're talking about Advent, how to prepare ourselves. In yeah. the Christmas season, there's, though it is, I would talk about this very Christian season, yeah. there's all these distractions. It's, hey, let's focus on the presence. Let's focus on the, the, whatever else is going on, all the parties we have to go to and all things. Especially with COVID, over, like, I have to have a Christmas party this year yeah. with our staff. We didn't get to have one last year. You know, all right. these, these things that we can do now we couldn't do last year. And, and it can become um, that we don't even take the time to ask the question. Or we're just like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Or, or Jesus might be a part of my life, um, but he doesn't take care of all of it because other things I have to deal with or, or do it myself. Or, um, yeah, I believe it, but it doesn't really affect my life. Or whatever the, the mm-hmm. response might be to that. Um, that, that the only, he will, the only answer that's acceptable that he's going to accept ultimately, he's going to keep pursuing your heart until you, you give everything. He's not satisfied without a hundred percent of your heart. Yeah. And, and, and for all of us, that that's a lifelong journey to give him all of our hearts. At the same time, every Christmas thing is a reminder of this question. Like, are you the Messiah? Like, have I made every part of my heart, mm. every part of my life subject to Jesus as Lord? 
Are there still things I'm holding on to, like I've reserved for myself, maybe in large parts of my heart or even small parts of my heart, or maybe even parts of my heart that I hate about myself, and I don't even like, well, God wouldn't love, I don't love that part of my heart, so God wouldn't love that part yeah. of my heart. So I just shove it down, and that hasn't been open to the Lord. Yeah. We have to, I think, take that time this Advent season and ask that, that, that's ourselves this beautiful question. And have I made the, Jesus the Lord of every aspect of my life, every aspect of my heart? If there's any ways that I haven't, anything that I haven't, I want to submit it to his lordship. And I think that question then leads so perfectly into John's message, um, which is repent, uh, repent, repent for the Christ is coming. And so um, the Christ is coming, you know, is this the end times, you know, um, in some ways it is yes the, the, the like we're, this is since Christ has left we're in the last age but but Christ will come again we knew under the day or the hour he's coming at christmas he comes to you every day at mass if you will have him if you can go to daily mass or every sunday at least he comes to you at mass and and so um that that he is coming um and if he is coming then the way that we prepare ourselves is is through repentance and through that examine of okay like well, what are the areas that I have not submitted to to Christ? Um, what are the areas of my life that that I'm holding on to that um, that I want Jesus to be Lord over eighty percent, but like this twenty percent over here that I kind of like um, that I'm not ready to give up? Um, well, let's repent of that. <laughs> let's repent and say, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. Like I've held onto this thing long enough, um, and I repent. And I submit it, and, and I'm ready for you to come and to be Messiah, to be King, to be Lord over, over this part of my life. Well, ask the question, why? Mm-hmm. Like, why haven't I submitted it? Mm-hmm. What am I holding on to? Because I think what you'll find is you're looking for love mm-hmm. in one way or another. I'm looking for love to satisfy that area of my heart, and I'm afraid or don't think for whatever reason that God can give that. Mm-hmm. And so I have to do it myself. And, and I think if we really examine the why as to why I'm holding on to this thing or this mentality or this whatever I might be holding on to that God might reveal to my heart that I haven't given over to him. I think we'll find, oh wait, he's actually the one who can help in that area yeah. more than anything else that I'm trying yeah. to hold on to. And, and, and this might, uh, like, what we're saying that the Lord is the one where we'll feel loved. Um, and I think this is, this brings us back to the end of that question of like, are you the one? Um, where, where you and I, where all of us have to experience that in some way. Uh, we have to open our hearts um, to an encounter with Christ um, and his love and his mercy and his forgiveness for us. And, and if we've never had that, um, if we've gone to church all our lives, if we've, we've been good Christians all our lives, we've, we've kept the commandments as best we could, you know, thanks be to God for all that. But, but have our hearts. Um, really been touched by the love and the mercy of God? Um, have we had that encounter with the living Christ? Um, and, and, that, and, and God wants that. Um, he is alive. He is real. Um, that he lives in you, that he, is, he, he lives in, in his sacrament of the altar. He's in the tabernacle. Um, and just to ask him for um, that touch, that encounter, that experience of his love and his mercy that, that then changes everything, uh, that makes it then, makes it easy to walk away from the things that we might hold on to. And so um, we, just, we just really want to open our hearts to, to an encounter with him. Amen. Uh, there's two more things I want to get to because yeah. we're running low on time here um, with John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And one will take a little longer, one will probably be short, but um, it's the end of John the Baptist's life. 
So we have to fast forward. Um, yes. That John the Baptist, uh, he he's preaching, yeah. uh, and he is preaching against uh, Herodias, yeah. uh, who has uh, basically married his his her husband's brother, right? Yeah. So Philip was her husband. She left him to go marry Herod, and it's caused all this scandal. And uh, and so Herodias doesn't like him, but and so Herod's put him in jail. But Herod doesn't want to kill him because mm-hmm. he's Herod's kind of this divided character. He's like, I, yeah. I I like talking to John. There's something that appeals to me about yeah. him. Um, but and then Herodias uh, as her, her daughter goes and does this dance. Herod's pleased. He's drunk. He's like, What do you want? And he's and she's like, asked her mom. Like mom's like the head of John the Baptist. Yeah, One uh, of the more like just debauched and insidious scenes of the New Testament. It's oh, yeah, it's just terrible. Yeah. Um, and then of course Herod doesn't want to look bad in front of his guests mm-hmm. and so he kills kills a man who he, he in his conscience knows he shouldn't mm-hmm. um and and it's the beheading of john the baptist there's this beautiful beautiful scene and this beautiful witness of, the, of a life given over for that to christ that he was willing to preach the truth yeah to power um even to the point it says uh, to his death they knew even though he knew it was going to be a message that was going to be rejected yeah that he was going to be rejected for it and I think there's two things I want to point to in this story mm-hmm. that I think are so important for us. Uh, one is that, just that, that John the Baptist w- was willing to preach the truth. Yeah. Um, and then as we prepare for Christmas and we're talking about the truth, like, where am I holding back? Because if this really is the season of Christmas and this is about Christ and this is about his birth, then let's not be ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and not that I'm offended by happy holidays, but it's like, why why am I saying it? Am I saying happy holidays because I don't want to offend people? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, because I don't want to, like, I want to say, happy, I want to say Merry Christmas because that's that's what I'm celebrating right mm-hmm. now. Um, I'm not celebrating any of these other holidays that other people are celebrating because I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe yeah. in Christ. That's the, re- that's, that is who I'm celebrating. It's his birth. That's why I put the Christmas tree up. That's why I've decorated the house. That's yeah. why I'm getting presents. That's why I'm, whatever I'm doing. You know, and that's why I'm fasting in Advent. Like everybody else is eating all these extra cookies and sweets. Like the friars are like not eating sweets for Advent. We think we talked about last week, like things you can do yeah. to prepare. We're not eating sweets and we're just drinking water. And not, I mean, we're eating other food. We're only, the only beverage we're drinking is water for the, yeah. for the Advent season. And the reason for this being we got to prepare. And, and we're still, cel- it's still celebratory. We still you know, love our Christmas tree, et cetera. Yeah. But, but it's that time that steps back and says, um, Jesus is the reason for the season. And I'm willing to preach that truth to people. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to tell that truth to people. I'm willing to live that truth, even though I might get fired, even though I might suffer consequences, even though people might be offended. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm willing to preach the truth because I have to preach the truth because I'm so enlivened by the gospel. Mm-hmm. Christ tells us that the truth will set you free. Um, and I think so often we, we buy the lie um, that the truth comes at, at too high of a cost. Um, and so we, we compromise the truth, we soften the truth, we, we make it a half-truth um, because, because we recognize that, well, that, that we don't feel like it'll free us. Uh, we feel like it'll actually um, make life harder for us, make more life difficult for us. And so we, we're not willing to say the hard truths um, or the things that we know to be true or um, but, and, and, and that's, that might be right. I mean, truth can be hard sometimes for sure. And, and there are, um, there might be ramifications, repercussions and, and consequences. I mean, the word for John the Baptist, um, uh, thanks be to God. I don't think any of us are, are there yet in our society. I don't think any of us are going to, to die for this yet. Um, hope it doesn't come to that. Um, 
but even even just other things or just hard truths for ourselves but but to recognize have the confidence that that regardless of of whatever i anticipate rightly or wrongly is going to be the outcome of the of me speaking this truth that it's actually going to set me free um and there is freedom in that um and that where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and that we're and that the truth will set us free and that christ comes to set us free and that that we don't have to be afraid of the truth um regardless of of what we think um is going to be the cost and then i think the other lesson i learned i, I love to meditate there's a lot, hundred things from this story I yeah. love, but that i want to focus on for advent is that herod would go to jail to the jail cell and listen to john the baptist mm-hmm. and talk to him yeah and and so obviously john the baptist was was speaking the truth, but he was speaking in love. Mm-hmm. That that if he was just speaking like I hate you, you're the worst person, you know, et cetera, Like you're not going to go listen to that. Yeah. But there's something about John the Baptist that was appealing to Herod, and obviously it came out of a place of love. Mm-hmm. And, and that it didn't ultimately convert Herod's heart. Unfortunately, it was Herod's opportunity. Yeah. Um. But but our Herod, the, the Lord was working through John the Baptist in that moment, and for us as well in this holiday season. Um, a lot of people have family issues. And there's family members you don't talk to anymore. And there's family members you have problems with. And you come together at Christmas and there's that one family you don't want to talk to because mm-hmm. something happened. And, and I think what John the Baptist teaches is, is here's the guy who put him in jail. Here's yeah. the guy who's sleeping with his brother's wife, has married his brother's wife. Yeah. He's done all these problems. And John the Baptist has spoken the truth to him. And yet he, he's not like, he's not, he's not, I hate you. I never want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And be, it's, it's this forgiving attitude of John the Baptist that, that just speaks forth in love. Like, mm-hmm. hey, here's the truth, but I love you so much. I want to keep telling you not just about myself, but about the Christ. Like, hey, Herod, the Christ is out there. And I think we see that Herod recognized that because Jesus is sent to Herod, um, right as he was about to be condemned. Yes. And Herod fails again. Herod has one more opportunity, you know, yes. and fails again. But that being said, like he'd heard about the Christ because he'd heard about it from John the Baptist. Yeah. Remember from other places, but but that that we 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 have this this character who's just forgiving. And these holiday seasons, I think it's so important. We've got to be forgiving. It doesn't mean that people haven't hurt us. It doesn't mean that we have to reestablish a relationship with those who it might be harmful for us to be in a relationship of with. Of course. But it does mean that our hearts need to forgive and continue to love in the midst of this, these situations. And and so perhaps there is a, a voice in your life, uh, like one in the desert crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. Or, or, or some truth is being spoken to your heart through this or through mass or whatever. Um, and that um, and that we it, it that we have an opportunity to like Herod to respond um somewhat intrigued and interestedly but but not really willing to to do anything about it, but just listen and entertain it and just kind of mull it over and contemplate it um or we can respond in in full um uh, like like andrew does the the apostle who whom hears that this is the Lamb of God from John the Baptist and goes and follows him and so um so John comes to us and, and proclaims truth, um, and 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 I know that there is some truth ringing out in your hearts this Advent season, um, and whatever that is, um, to just respond to it, to surrender to it, to to trust it that that, that the truth is going to set us free. That 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 I don't want to be like Herod. Um, I don't want to just have my but just be intrigued by it and listen to it. I want. I want to respond to it in some sort of way. Um, so whatever that is for you, um, whatever truth is being communicated, um, we just pray for you that you would just have the, the courage to to respond in whatever way you feel that the Lord is asking you to respond to to that truth. Um, just We're out of time, so I can't really comment on it, but it's just it's for another thing to meditate on yeah. is the prologue of yeah. the Gospel of John. 
um, in this beautiful, it talked about the beginning was the word that was with God. And then with verse six, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for testimony to bear witness to the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. Mm. And again, just that call of Christmas to imitate John the Baptist, that we're not the light, we're called to be witness to the light. Let's be witnesses to Jesus this Christmas season. Amen. All right. Uh, well, it is that time. It is our favorite time of the <laughs> podcast, yeah. the question and answer time. Um, so we don't have yeah. Brother Elijah to think through our questions. Um, so what, my friend, is the best gift you've ever bought for someone else? Oh, my gosh. The best gift I've ever bought for someone else? This is this is going to be quite the indictment on me. Um, I don't know if I, <laughs> if I can think of anything good that I, I've, I've bought. Um, uh, well, uh, I, I feel just... like I have one right now that I'm going to buy this year that I'm really excited about. Oh. I can't say it. I don't know uh, if that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, that better well, be for me, by the way. Father, don't worry about it. I don't care. <laughs> What I'm trying to think. I mean, as a kid, like I remember as a kid, like going and then Grace would like like Santa Secret Shop, and your parents would give you like five dollars, and you'd like buy something for your siblings. Um, but what did I? So you're thinking. Yeah, so I'm, I'll go. Um, and again, I've not thought through this question. I literally just opened up a little question thing on the internet. I was like, "What's a good Christmas question?" Um, and so I want to. The three come to my mind. Yes. Real, real quick. One is I remember um, it wasn't Secret Santa, but my dad um, told my brother Jeff and I to get something for my mom. Yes. And uh, and so we go to Petite Sophisticate, I think was Ooh. the name of it, which is like clothing store nice. for women. And my mom's very petite. Um, and and we walk in and we're like, okay, let's get like an outfit for mom. And we like we go to like this display of like an outfit, and we're like, oh, that looks nice. <laughs> so we just take the display and like and like the lady's like, uh, <laughs> we're like, yeah, we just want this. <laughs> She's That's like, awesome. She's like, I'll take care of you. Right? God awesome. bless this woman because he just went and like picked out all that. She's like, about what size is your mom? We're like, this display looks just about right. That's and, great. Uh, and so she just gotten got all the little items from the display for us and helped ring it up. I love um, it. My dad did that as well. So my dad kind of cheated. So we had like a Christmas thing. Yeah. Uh, and I picked mom one year. And I was, I was a little, like I was the young, young kid. So I, he had to take me shopping. I, yes. had to go, I had to tell one parent. Who I, knew, who I had, and they had to take me shopping. And mm-hmm. it was supposed to be like a $20 limit or whatever. And my dad's like, let's get something nice for mom. I'm like, okay. So he takes me to his like jewelry place. He's nice. like, what do you like? And I, I just, I, I just, these rubies were like, wow, these are these ruby earrings. Yeah. I'm like, I have no idea what they cost. I'm like, dad, is this more than 20 bucks? He's like, don't worry about it. And, uh, and so I'm like, let's get those ruby earrings for mom. He's like, okay. Um, and so mom was a, a a, 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 I think my mom was very happy about those those ruby earrings. That's awesome. The thing that's coming to my mind now is that um, so growing up, we would always decorate the tree, and I remembered I had this ornament of like a little locket, a picture of my baptism with my godparents, um, and so now I am the godfather of my niece Lila, and so one of her first Christmas, I got her a little ornament of me with her at her baptism. So. Oh, that's precious. So I think that's I sweet. think that might be one of the best gifts. Yeah, it's very sentimental. Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty sappy dude. So. Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay, well, hopefully you have something nice under the Christmas tree, but if if you don't, um, Jesus is the reason for the season. So um, it's all about the thought that counts and it's all about the love that comes from the Lord. All right, so may God bless you this Christmas season. May he be with you. May you encounter his presence. May you be prepared to encounter him in a deep way this Christmas um, through the intercession of St. John the Baptist. May your heart be open and be ready. And may Almighty God bless you as I bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Happy, Happy Advent, Advent, everybody. Happy Advent. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.